today we have a special guest for this episode, Sadia. Go on, introduce yourself. We're so excited, by the way. <laughs> Hi, guys. So, yeah, my name is Sadia. Um, th- first of all, thank you for actually inviting me to be a guest. No, ma'am. Thank you <laughs> so, my background is actually counseling cognitive behavior therapy. I'm so glad that I've accomplished that because this was one of the ways that, you know, I felt like I'm contributing to be heard. I think that's only one of the ways that actually people can come to you and have a private discussion with you and actually open up to you about, you know, what they're having problems with. And I was actually more interested within the Asian community. I worked as a trainee therapist in a secondary school and a lot of the Asians... You know, they literally came up to me and they came into my counselling room and they've opened up. And also, I'm currently working as a TA in Sen School uh, whilst being a full-time mother. So, yeah, that's me. Big up yourself. (laughs) Thank you. Hard enough juggling a job and everything and on top of being a mother. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sadia. Guys, oh oh my God, today's going to be such an insightful episode. I feel like the team's going to be so good. In this episode, um, the structure, basically what's going to happen is I'm going to be asking... It's Nora, by the way, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be asking questions and Anjuman and Sadia are going to be answering and sharing their experiences. It's going to be a two-part episode. So we're going to be discussing three elements today. We're going to talk about fixed gender roles, pursuing one's goals as well within the South Asian community, prepping to be the ideal marriage material woman, whatever that is. <laughs> in the South Asian community. So I'm just gonna be navigating throughout this. Sadia, Anjuman, you're mm-hmm. both obviously you both you both got married and um at the same you- time, literally our marriage season was together. We both got married in twenty nineteen, innit? Yep, twenty nineteen. Summer. Summertime. I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you both have first-hand experience. I wanted to know how, and also for the audience as well, and our listeners, we have some loyal listeners, by the way. We've been looking at the stats, honestly, across different countries as well. Love you guys, look up yourselves. I just wanted to know how were both of you brought up within your own families and your own communities regarding gender roles? Like, what were the gender roles? Mm. At kind of straight to the growing deep end. Up? Yeah. Okay, um... Firstly, I want to put out there that there's this stereotypical view of how Asian girls are brought up. 100%, yeah. Like, I don't know why social media is full of, like, really these girls who feel like they're imprisoned, um, they're trapped at home, they're mm. cooking all day with their mums. Times have changed. I don't know how this is, like, this view is still being held on and dragged um, because my my experience with growing up was completely opposite. I'm not saying there's no girls being brought up like that. I'm just saying there's also a change. Of course, yeah. Do you know what? I can agree with this because a lot of the non-Asians, when they, because, you know, I wear a hijab, you know? So I'm Asian and with a hijab, obviously, automatically, I'm a Muslim, okay? So I don't know why the non-Asian and the non-Muslims, they just automatically think that, oh, she just must be cooking all day at home. Yeah, she probably doesn't. She's probably, she's probably locked educated. up. Yeah. Yeah, she's probably not yeah. working. But her when dad they won't let her. Yeah. Her dad won't let her out the house. Exactly. Curfew. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, so what was that what I was saying is I didn't grow up like that. I grew mm. up in a home where <clears throat> education was important as breathing. Like mm-hmm. my mom was a very staunch at giving me an education, higher education, mm. work experience, yeah. a job, pursuing a career for myself, mm. establishing a, you know, a substantial, secure future for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up with those ideals. 
um, because my mom is very independent herself. She's pursued education. She's been working all her life, and she what she what envisioned though is for me to work in a field where I can make a change. She really like dug that in my head since I was young. Was she was like, if you're gonna work, try to get in a job where you're talking for other people, you're speaking up for other people, you can make a change, whether it's through through a talent that you find as you're growing up. So my childhood was filled with, you know, exploring and experimenting different fields to see where my talent was strongest. And I found that it was in writing and being creative. So she really, she really like championed me on, on trying my hardest when it came to subjects like English and media. Like she was so strict, like when it came to my college and my options for the subjects I chose as well. And then, you know, pursuing journalism in my uni. I actually didn't want to go to uni myself. My mum forced me into it. Um, but she said, if, if first year is not going to work out for you, at least you've tried it. At least you've tried. Um, mm-hmm. So I know how it feels. I agree. And if it's yeah. not going to work out, then yeah. then you can go and find something else. But she made me try it first. Mm-hmm. And I actually enjoyed it. I ended up enjoying it. And I trusted my mum's decision, you know. Um, along with the whole view of girls can't do this and that. Well, Asian girls, Bengali girls more specifically. It's also when it comes to relationships with their mothers and the advice they, they get. For some reason, when you look at the media and you watch movies and films, Asian mothers are seen so fragile and so, like, they stay home all day as yeah. well. And mm. a girl is a re- rebellion one if they want to go and try something else. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do we hear a mother encouraging her daughter to... Asian mother encouraging her daughter to go and pursue something for, their, for themselves. Mm. Like, would you say you relate to that, Sadia? I've had similar experiences. My mum, I would say, and my dad, actually. So they were very, they were very ambitious in terms of that I do educate myself because this was something that runs in my family, education. However, in terms of work experience, I think that's the part they lacked in. I felt like whilst you're educating yourself, they feel that you don't need to work during education i remember i did i did want to work but my parents were like what are you going to do now you're you're studying focus on your focus on your studies i can relate to that as in i can relate to it because i had i have a friend Mm. who wanted to work while studying yeah yeah and her mom was like oh but you'll be too distracted you'll start yes getting, that's the point yeah and drop your studies because you're gonna mm, see the money coming mm, in like, yeah yeah but not even that i feel like with my family they were like the work you're gonna be doing is not much you know yeah. <laughs> basically yeah for example like at that during my time retail was the only job that you can go for well, for part-time yeah so you and me had to tutor because our moms didn't want us to work in retail. My mom, I started tutoring at the age of 16. So I did was I. Tutoring like but I think yeah, that's such a good thing, yeah. Her, her mom and my mom did not allow us to do retail. Guys, up until the age of like, my first actual job was when I was 19 outside of tutoring. I was tutoring for like a good four years of my life. But it was me too. Did yeah. we drop at the same time? Because mm. we found careers, mm. it? Yeah, because we found a career in our degree field, we dropped our tutoring. But our, our moms, for some reason, didn't want us to work in retail. Mm. It's seen as a... It's too laborious for a female. In my family, retail is seen as a low-class job. Okay? Guys, don't cancel us. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> We're just being brutally honest. Would you let your daughter work in retail, Sadia, now? I would, I would want her in, in a way where I want her to experience what it is actually like working with working class. I'm saying, my husband say that? Okay? Mm-hmm. Just not for, not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not encourage money, her experience. experience, yes. I think it's very important because I'm not going to lie, I'm glad I worked in retail only because mm-hmm. I think 
that actually helped me to broaden my mind in terms of meeting different people and actually appreciating the literally a variety of different people that there that exist in this world you know you know it's not just us and then the middle class working people there's actually good working class people out there that you know i actually appreciate you know and they're actually intelligent because i feel like us my family they do undermine retail or cleaning you know etc etc but actually you'd be surprised to know that i've met people that have had phds but working in retail are as managers. Are you the job market in this country now? People mm-hmm. are being left with no so, job. So, for that reason, just so that my daughter or son, they understand life better, I would encourage them. I would encourage them to just experience it. 100%. But in terms of long-term goals, of course, I would want them to reach the sky, basically, isn't it? Yeah. Reach the stars. Okay, hold on to that thought over there. I just want us to go back to the whole idea of fixed gender roles because we're kind of moving on to the next point and it's going to be a very interesting discussion to have going back to gender roles fixed gender roles in your communities also mine as well do you think there is an element of fixed gender roles present in today's day and yes age? yes do, do you know what before i even started working i remember if it was the boys in the family you know within asian family i feel like they can go into any job they want whether it's retail or just sales or just admin whatever it is i know plenty of asian families right not just with my family but they're studying in uni however they're also working in retail the, f- the family actually encourageable when it comes to women like girls back when i was in college it's like working was something like oh, no because in case, what if she gets a boyfriend at work? Oh God! Do you know what I mean? Let's talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Because at my point is, but in college, she can get a boyfriend. What's wrong with working part time? How is that That's gonna? Interesting. Yeah. So this is one of the things that I've noticed with girls. I feel like naturally they're There's kind of fears yes for a female yes. Whereas for a for a boy for males, it's like they can explore. Do you know what I mean? They they're given the opportunity because to explore. They got time for it as well because remember girls have a time limit because there's other stresses of marriage. I think this discussion is really interesting to me because my background like i'm from a somali background and it does it didn't really matter growing up i guess whatever type of job you get into whatever like when you're in school or when you're in college or when you're in uni as well what kind of job you pursue at the time or what career you're trying to get into obviously naturally my parents our parents always wanted us to get into like the field of science field of medicine and that kind of stuff mm-hmm, or teaching. Mm-hmm. however it didn't actually really matter. I think when we talk about fixed gender roles, I'm not going to lie to you, there's, that's a whole other discussion for another episode because there are fixed gender roles, but not when it comes to jobs, working, that kind Can of thing. I... More in the house. Yeah. Can I add something? Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, sorry. Um, regarding fixed gender roles, I forgot to also add that, yes, um, so we've, we've covered about, you know, how within Asian community, a vast majority of the Asian community, you know, boys are kind of given the opportunity to explore etc whereas girls are kind of restricted because of certain fears also i feel like girls are also pressured to learn how to maintain a household whereas yes there's jobs jobs at home for you to do (laughs) because because it's to prepare them for after marriage which is a different topic 
And so, that's why it's not the whole mental pressure while yes. you're in education. And boys, they're seen as, oh, they're going to live with us anyway. they got time. And they're going to have a wife to do it for them. So they don't need to learn. Or well, they'll learn eventually. Yes. Girls have to learn yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> boys will always come around. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's literally it. So. Oh, they've got other stresses. What stress, please? He's <laughs> 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 Oh. Okay, guys, that was really interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. Moving on to, I think that was, it's really nice to see your experiences. And also, I'm I'm learning from this. I'm not going to lie to you. Even though I've known Anjuman for quite some time. Sadia for a short while as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of the next question or the next subtopic about pursuing one's goals and ambitions in studying and working, we've kind of touched base on that a little bit already. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to ask Sadia yep. and also Anjuman as well. How did you go about pursuing your own goals and ambitions in studying and working? Was there an element to it where you felt like you were restricted because of your culture and being from a South Asian background? And what were, you, what were some of the challenges that you faced? So I'm not going to lie. Going into retail was something my parents were not fully happy, but they came around eventually. Also, I felt that pressure from certain family members as well. Maybe, you know, I felt that, hmm. I was did... going to ask you, did, did you have that? Did your parents say anything about what are people going to say? Yes, they touched up on it, but not too much, only because they saw how certain I was and how confident I was with my own decision that I've made. Only because, you see, that confidence I had is due to my my parents actually giving me that um, chance to be independent. You have the chance to, you will be heard in this house. So I was lucky in that sense in, co- in comparison to many other friends that I have or people that I know. So I think with that part, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, so because of that confidence, they realised, okay, you know what, she's made that decision. But with certain other family members, I think they didn't really appreciate either that I was working in retail. But retail was not the only experience I had. I, had. I also had admin jobs, you know, working in state agent and stuff like that. So I feel like, but that retail job did give me that confidence, like a kickstart to the whole customer service and gain my confidence as well as my communication and all of that. So I'm glad. Whew, being a Somali, this is all very new to me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. <laughs> but um, with that being said, keeping that in mind, um, how does your experiences differ from the ideal Asian, South Asian? And what are some taboos surrounding other people's experiences in terms of pursuing their own goals, their own ambitions? I don't think I can add much onto <laughs> that because... I grew up around people like with the same values and ideals as me where there wasn't much of pressure on girls to sort of drift them away from education. It was just really encouraged in my community. And I think that has got a lot to do with for geographical reasons. I mean, I grew up in central London. Um, the Asian community there is small already. And, you know, but everyone seems to have the same. Would you what about your friends? Same, same with my friends. See, again, again, my social circle is small because... When it came to my schools and my friends, I went to private schools, you know, um, I, I, like, yeah. So. Did, you, did you have many Asian friends, would you say? When I went boarding school, there was only Asians. Oh, wait, they don't even know that you went boarding school. But... Yeah, so that's another whole topic. <laughs> but yeah, so I went to boarding school for secondary straight away. And then I went to a private homeschooling group. So, yeah, uh, my social circle is small. How about you, Sarah? Do you know what? Yeah, my experience to yours is actually so different because I didn't really go to private school, boarding school. Um, so did you go to Islamic boarding school? Yeah, again, school? again. So it gets even more smaller. Oh, okay. I went to Islamic. So, yeah, I so. didn't even go to boarding school overall anyway. 
So I was, I've been studying in government schools and my social circles were filled with Asians because I grew up in East London. So I think that's probably why I kind of um, understand where a lot of Asian girls are coming from um, because of the experiences, because of um, what they've shared with me. Yeah, that being said, I mean, there are certain Asians that were actually not just focused with education, but the parents are also focused on, you know, the work experience as well whether it's retail whether it's um professional job you know but to get to professional work you have you obviously have to build your experience isn't it i hate to be a debbie downer but going back to what we were saying <laughs> how what are, what's the other end of the stick like what what about those who didn't get to have that experience and you've obviously i'm assuming you've come across um because you're very experienced you know your your you network quite a bit um so what what else have you come across in terms of people who weren't able to pursue their own ah, goals okay um yeah actually i can definitely touch up on that surprisingly you you would not believe it um i there's asian families out there that by the time the girl is finishing um, her GCSEs. They're already ready to um, get them married off. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, I can't relate. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, it's, it's shocking. And I feel like the parents are probably only waiting for them to hit 16 because this is the UK my, law, my. isn't it? <laughs> I feel like if, if it wasn't for the law, these girls would have been married probably at the age of 13, you know? So yeah, I feel like some families, they're literally still living in that time where girls are literally... Im- in Bangladesh or mm. India or Pakistan, you know, they're, they're mm. getting married off at the age of 13 and having three kids by the time they're 16. I do actually, I've had, I, I have first-hand experience in this, meaning that I know pe- close people that have been married off quite quickly. But some, to be honest, voluntarily, they wanted to. Okay. But yeah, they didn't really have the ambition anyway to okay. um, go for uni degree or have a professional job or anything like that. So that's fine. But there's certain that but maybe do you think that's a lot got to do with how they've been what brought, they up. brought yeah, up? That's, that's all just they how, see. Yes, yeah. that's yes. all they know. Yeah, that's all they know. Mm. And then there's certain that are pressured to get married by the time they're 18. And I'm not gonna lie, they were not happy. Yeah. They are not happy because yeah. I know that they could have. Um, they had a lot more potential. Mm. But yeah, but but their job as a female was. Learn how to just learn your ABC. Learn how to cook, clean, and get ready for marriage. Basically, prepare to be the ideal marriage material woman. Think of it now. I feel like it doesn't matter how educated you are um, and and what profession you're in. When it comes to the marriage topic, it's the same for everyone, isn't it? Mm. You know, because I've experienced the same. And I know many of my friends and uh, relatives who are really educated and, you know, they've done so well for themselves. It's the same thing. It's kind of like, you know, you're we're, we're all as women, South Asian women, we expect to get married off at a certain age just so we can overcome that biological clock. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually interesting, Anjuman, what you said. And it's like, I think it's not completely our parents' fault because they grew up with the same pressures mm. and... Also, back then, women having career wasn't such a big deal. Big deal, mm. or it wasn't even a priority for many of the women for themselves. Mm. Whereas nowadays, women are wanting to establish a career for yeah. themselves. Their their plans and timelines differ greatly from the previous generations. Mm. You know, nowadays people are like, three years I want to work first, and then I'll think of a child because that's suitable for my career break. Definitely, yeah. Because 
this goes on to women when the second woman drop drop out of their career and take a year break it's impossible for them to get back in you know the the pressures are greater work people are asking okay so what did you do here though like and why are you coming back now oh god you got a child and coming back now how are you gonna work how are you gonna work that men don't go through that you know in asian culture men are told to work and save up but everything else is kind of like it's put on a plate for them, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's their only stress. Where women have to think about in-laws. Are they ready to live with strangers? Because I'm sorry, that's what they are. Do you know They're what? strangers, you, yeah, but you have to yeah. go and live with them. Oh my God. I, do you know what? And that's it, not Islamic. Oh. That's culture. 100% because okay fair enough you might know your husband from before you were friends for three years and then you want to get married but you don't know his parents you don't know his siblings you don't know his snaky cousins you don't know his problematic family they're strangers they're strangers 100% but women have to live with that mental pressure that that is what they're going to go into that that is what's going to happen to them they're going to leave their house and walk into a stranger's house and expect to live with a bunch of strangers so that's one of the ideal married women isn't it Mm -hmm. You to gotta be ready for that. You have to be away. ready to sacrifice, make that sacrifice. Yeah. That yeah. is an part of being so an idol. Like we're forced to adjust. That's what how I see it. I see it as that we're forced to adjust yeah. immediately. You have no, you have no break. Yeah. You're, you're, you're but I say I say this. But my mum has always told me that if you don't want to live with in-laws, that's fine. You make it clear from beforehand. Mm. Um, but my mum always encouraged, do live with in-laws for at least a year so you become familiar but now i'm thinking i feel like that's that 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 that's not ideal that's not healthy why can't i live with my husband for one year and then live with in-laws and then go back to can i add something to it can i add something to it because it's going from one to hundred i'm sorry yeah i'm getting married i'm not single anymore that's that's in that in itself is a pressure and then you want me to live with strangers now sorry yeah and my mum, she did warn my in-laws about this when the wedding talks were happening. But again, I just want to clarify, this comes down to, a lot of the issues we're talking about comes down to lack of Islamic knowledge and lack of Islamic rights. Mm. Ed- the, our, community, our communities are educated on, you know. Mm. Um, traditions are chosen over religion. And that's, 100%. That's, that's, that's the root of many of the issues we face. I feel like basically when you're moving into a joint family, everything is ready made for you. There's a there's a set rule, there's set routines, mm. everything. So you there's there's to, no room for change. So it's kind of like you know, um, so for for, for instance, um, my mom she cooks any time of the day. That's her home, isn't it? She can do whatever she wants. So however, my my in laws they prefer making everything, waking up in the morning and cooking, and that's something like whoa for me. Because, <laughs> that was me too. Yeah, because I don't wake I don't wake up that early, especially mm. you know when you're newly married mm. and obviously you're getting to know your husband. You do sleep late, don't you? You're yeah. talking, and you're scared to even leave the yeah. room. Oh you know, God, yes, yes. You're scared to even leave leave the room. Because you're like, oh, I'll sh- I don't know my neighbors. I don't know my neighbors in this house. <laughs> Now that's a whole that's part two isn't it nora that's for the other episode that's for for part two guys can i say something i've never heard another uh, i've never heard another media show talking about it so brutally like this no i think i'm going to be hated for i'm not gonna lie honestly like Uh, this is why it's called the tea and taboo because 
there is li- literal tea pouring. Tea, tea. <laughs> Very hot Sha- tea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of culture clash within your own culture. Yeah, it's like, like, I think that. I think people get surprised why... When you go on social media, by the way, the only... Um, the only the majority of problematic marriage tweets and relationship tweets come from the asian culture the asians have so much complaints in comparison to other cultures like am i wrong to say that or when you log into twitter do you where were all the marital problems being complained i think it comes from asian twitter personally as an outsider can i just say where it where it really comes from geographically let the root is tell Hamlet. East yeah. London! Yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I feel yeah. like, oh, that's what I wanted to add. I feel like you come from Bangladesh to UK to move forward, right? To broaden your mind. But they're still living as if though they're still in Bangladesh. I'm not going to lie. I hear couples have living a better life in Bangladesh than people do. <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. Bangladesh has moved forward, whereas people that has, have come to this uh, country for, in in UK, maybe like fifty years ago, they believe that Bangladesh is still the same. And they're, they're holding on to they're their holding on to that past. specific yes. They're yes, holding yes. on to their past, and they're still, and they're imposing that past on their children and the next generation, and yes. yes. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like that's the case for a lot of ethnic minority backgrounds. Um, I, oh, can you relate to that part? I, that's the only part I can relate to, whereby um, um, back ethnic minority backgrounds, a lot of the families, they came from back home, so they moved to this country and had offspring here. And so that links to what I asked you guys about prepping to be the ideal um, bride, but, ideal, you know. Um, but British but, and... Exactly, yeah. both um, your background, your act, your ethnic minority background, and also your nationality. There's a diff. There's a massive difference between the two. And living in a modern, contemporary British society, it's very challenging to kind of merge in terms of Both your together. identity. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, that was a very, very insightful discussion that we had today. We will definitely be resuming um, and continuing based off that last intriguing mm-hmm. question where the tea is pouring. I would just like to take this moment to thank our guest, Sadia. Thank you so much for being on this episode. You're welcome and thank you for having me. And also stay tuned, guys, because it it, it doesn't stop. Oh, wait, the tea before, must continue. Before we end this, before we end this, can I ask you, Nora, what shocked you the most? What was something you learned new today and shocked you with the shocked your system? I just think the whole concept of in-laws being the ideal daughter-in-law, the whole toxicity behind that is just beyond me because it's just something that is very foreign to me. Um, as I mentioned, in my community, we, we don't do them things. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, each to their own, but um, I just can't ever picture it in my mind a life where I would have to live for other people as well because oh, you're living well, yeah, for somebody you else. Yeah, you said yeah, it yeah, it's definitely you. that. Yeah, it is basically living for other people. I feel like that's how most Asians are. Mm. Mm. But with that being said, thank you so much for listening, guys. Give us a thumbs up on our posts, on our Instagram posts, follow us on our socials, follow us on our Instagram, on our TikTok. 
follow the Spotify page as well or the Apple Podcasts, whichever you have. And yeah, um, stay tuned. Series two. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.